Welcome, welcome, Corporate Courtney Associates, to this week's episode of the Corporate Courtney Podcast, and I am your host, Courtney Johnson. We are back with another full work week, and I know some of you guys aren't technically back in the office, but working from home, aren't you just as exhausted and tired? I mean, Monday, I woke up, and I think I laid in my bed for an hour and a half. I was sitting there on Twitter and was like, I got three more minutes before my next meeting. I'm going to lay here just for one more minute. And then by two minutes, I was running to get to my laptop to log in. (laughs) But it's rough coming back after a holiday, even when you're still just working from home every day and everything feels like a Tuesday. But... I don't know, man. I didn't think I'd make it to today. So if you've made it and you're chugging quite along for this full work week, more power to you. And this week, I want to piggyback off of last week's episode. So Floor 9 is going to be like a continuation or really more so a prequel to Floor 8. One of our diehard associates who kind of knows me pretty well, just knew based on the title and the emojis that I put for the social media on this last week's episode, just knew I was going to be talking about my story and experience with negotiating money. And it almost broke my heart to think that I did you all a disservice. I started out talking about once you've already got the money, but I didn't tell you my experience or my feelings about how you get the money. So that's what we're doing on Floor 9. We're talking negotiating. Now, I'm no expert on getting money, and I'm not rich beyond any means necessary. Otherwise, this podcast would be bigger because it's all I do, because there's no way I'd continue working. But the premise of this podcast is to share our experiences so that one may learn from another, and others may send me feedback and I may grow. So... I figure I'll start with how I started money-wise in my career and then work my way forward so that you guys can get kind of a glimpse and a picture of how a young black woman navigates the money conversations in corporate America. Growing up, I never argued for more money. Um, I worked a lot of small jobs as most kids in America do. My first job ever was as an optometric assistant at an eye doctor. And I was 16 and in a class called entrepreneurship where you talked about a couple of marketing tools and dicked around in class. And then for the second half of the year, you had to work an actual job. But because I was 16, a lot of places didn't want to hire me for whatever reason, 18 was the magic number. So I couldn't get a job at Smoothie King, I couldn't get a job at Target, I couldn't get a job at Kroger, and I tried. All I needed was for something to pass off this credit. And my dad happened to be getting his eyes checked out, and he remembered a few years ago that they had 
a young high school worker working as like a receptionist. And so he asked if they were still doing that. And they said they hadn't had one in a while, but they would consider it. And so there I was, um, 16, and I was doing eye exams, glycoma test, and filing paperwork. And it was pretty easy. Um, I left and went to track meets and soccer games, and they didn't care, changing the bathroom. It was pretty easy. But I never negotiated a price. I was just thankful to finally have a job to get this class credit off. So I took minimum wage, and that was the end of that. Then in college, I worked as a track manager, and that pretty much was just scholarship paid, and I didn't negotiate anything for that. But when I finally got fed up with being that man's slave, essentially, I went ahead and applied to a bunch of different jobs. And if you know me, saying no is like one of the harder things in my life. So any job that kind of accepted me after I interviewed, I took. So for a time, I was working at American Eagle, Target, and as a human resources intern at the utility company in my city. And again, I negotiated none of that because I was just so thankful to find an outlet to be able to pay for things I needed and to help pay off some of the school stuff that I was going to be doing because I was dropping a scholarship. Then there was the internship or co-op and I moved to Atlanta and I didn't negotiate that. I had two offers actually and from different companies and ended up just taking the highest paid one and it just worked out but nothing in me decided that I should ask for more money or consider anything different whatever they were providing was probably good enough because everyone in my degree took a co-op they did six months in another state and got class credit and went on about their lives. And I knew I needed this step up to be successful in getting a job post-college. And all of that's pretty normal, right? Like no one in college is negotiating money. And if you are, I'm sure that you're the next Bill Gates. So congratulations. The rest of us normies are out here just trying to be thankful for any opportunity that we could get. But right before my senior year, I went to a job fair and interviewed with a bunch of different companies. And on my spring break that year, I got a job offer literally at a restaurant on the beach. Um, I was in Miami, a little bit toasted, as we all should be our senior year, right? Um, And I went ahead and took whatever they provided me, which ended up being fine because everyone in our starting class gets paid the same thing. As you guys may have been aware, as I've talked about in other episodes, I was a supply chain software consultant. So we all started off making the same amount of money, whoever was starting on that same start date. I think even after I had signed up to go ahead and work for them a year before I graduated. So I guess after with a little bit of time and a price adjustment for the entering class, It even went up $1,000, and they made sure that I got that even though I had already signed an offer letter for $1,000 less. So I wasn't interested in doing any negotiating because I didn't want to rock the boat. I had secured a job a year before I was graduating. That meant I was going to kick my feet up, enjoy midday beers and no Friday classes, and just make sure I graduated. So 
there was no conversation of getting more vacation days. There was no more salary. I was just happy to do it. But as you get older and you start really understanding what corporate America is like, we find that many women, I don't know if it's our kind, warm, fuzzy disposition or just the lack of confidence in ourselves to assert ourselves for more money, but we're an underpaid minority. Then when you add on top of it that I'm a black woman, I'm already a few steps behind. And the data and the articles and the stories that people are publishing are telling that story nowadays. It's not uncommon and it is not taboo to make less for the same job in comparative states to men who are working in the same positions or white women who are working in the same positions. I think there's even some articles and data that says even Asian women are making more. So to ensure that I'm not always being a step behind, you kind of have to grab the bull by the horns. Once you know better, you do better, right? And if I was gonna continue to be a black woman in corporate America, Unfortunately, like most black women know, nothing you do is ever just for you. I may not be the first because lots of black women have come before me and in, are in these positions and are telling the story, but I for sure am one of the few. So whatever I do for my next steps, I need to be able to communicate that and articulate that for the younger generation of young black women who are also entering corporate America. And that sucks. I mean, I get it. I'm tired of being the poster child for black people everywhere. I'm tired of always having to think for others before I think for myself. But it's how I've been ingrained and in how I operate. So it is what it is. And I make sure to use that in my mind as I continue to excel in corporate America. So if you know women are not asking for the things that they deserve. They're not asking for more money. When you get into those positions where you have the opportunity to do so, you should. And then once you do it, you need to make sure that you're sharing that story so other black women and women in general know to utilize that information to be stronger. So I can't tell other women, hey, make sure you're asking for more money when you go to get these new jobs and these new positions if I'm too afraid to do the same. So when I left that consulting job and was debating taking an offer from, for a new position, the one where I work now, there was a bit of a hesitancy to do it, but I knew that I needed to, just to say that I understood that experience because I had never asked for more money or more anything in my benefit package when accepting a new job. So I got the offer, I got what was on the table, and it was, lower than I expected, especially since I'd already kind of mentioned that I wanted to make sure that I sustained the same standard of living that I was already accustomed to. And that's hard. Going from consulting to industry, you're not always going to make the same or more money. It's just part of the game. Consulting is hard and they know it's hard. It's a burn and churn industry, but they pay you as such so that the money is a little bit worth all of the effort and work that you're doing, or that's what they claim. Really, they burn in bodies and calling it what it is. So if they lose you, they can 
bring in more children out of college and pay them what they think is a lot of money until they realize it's not that much money and they burn and churn them for a couple of years. So when I got the offer, I asked the HR representative immediately. I said, what are our options for negotiating um, not only a higher salary, but more vacation? In my scenario, I was actually losing vacation days and I wanted to make sure that I was on par. And this is the part that people don't often tell you. The HR person was very quick to try and say, it's very slim chance that you get what you're asking for and the hiring manager may not want to go up. And that was surprising to me. It, the money doesn't come out of his pocket, right? Like he doesn't have some sort of budget for hiring. It's the hiring manager. If somebody was gonna tell me no or try to discourage me, it's the person who's actually losing the money, right? But no, it was this guy. And he was trying to deter me from actually putting in a juxtaposed offer to get more money and more vacation, which I thought was oddly strange and a little bit intimidating. Remember, I've never negotiated before, and this guy seems to know that I may be pushing the wrong buttons. But the worst they could do was say no, or be so offended that they revoke the offer altogether. And I still had a job. I hadn't told my other company that I was interviewing to leave, and at the end of the day, my bills are gonna be paid. And if they're willing to rescind an offer letter over asking for more money, that's not the place I wanna work in the first place. So, knowing that those were the worst options, I went ahead and said, hey, let's just consider what they say. I wanna go ahead and put in for more money. Now, it was probably only like a five grand difference from what I was asking for and what they were offering. But again, I'd already had that uneasy feeling because the HR representative had kind of tried to deter me from even doing that. So I submitted my request in a formal email so that it's got a paper trail and documentation. And within 10 minutes, I got a counter offer that said yes. So I did all of that panicking and stressing based off of someone who wasn't even really dealing with the money for the actual people in charge of hiring me to turn around and give me that money without a second thought. Which really means I probably should have asked for more, but that's for another lifetime, I guess. So I shared my story with as many women as I possibly could. And it didn't work out positively for other people who were trying it. People asked for more money and they denied it. And that sucks, but at least they're asking. I mean, this glass ceiling that's imposed upon us can only be broken if we start to make the efforts to chip the glass. And it may not always work. Not everyone's gonna bust through. There's a lot of work that has to be done on the forefront of women making equal pay in this country. But if you don't ask, you don't get. The squeaky wheel always gets the oil. But I knew my worth, and I knew what I wanted, and I asked for it. And, and in this situation, I got it. Now, here's a scenario that they don't talk about a lot. And so I want to make sure that I'm sharing this part of my experience, because if anyone else has ever had this experience, it would be great to hear from you all on how you dealt with it or what actually came of it. And I very well could be the only person who's ever experienced something like this. It doesn't, I mean, it's on par for the course of my life thus far. But 
After about a year of working with my new company, my management and senior manager had been in cahoots about a proposed promotion for me. And they had been planning it for a while, not including me, which is very typical for the company I work at, apparently. Then my manager left and my senior manager was running the entire team, her other teams. So I was reporting directly to her. So she wanted to get me kind of settled in as quick as possible. So it left an opening for my position so that she could go ahead and focus on hiring a new manager for me as well. Well, where I work made it as complicated as possible for me just to get a promotion. Even though my manager thought I deserved it, my senior manager thought I deserved it, my director thought I deserved it, it even went up to a senior director. And there was a whole process. I had to go through an extreme evaluation, if I may say so myself. It was multiple interviews with people who I don't work with, but are of the same role as I am in different teams or in different departments. So two or three different interviews and then a case study like exam where I would be judged by a panel. And then from there, only then could my senior manager interview me again to give me the promotion. So after about two or three months of all of this, I finally passed all of the things that they were talking about and it was intense. And I may go into that whole process in depth in another episode later, but I wasn't the only person in the company who had to do this. People with my job title across the company were starting to experience something like this. Now, some people weren't having to go through this, which I think is wholly unfair, but Another guy on a similar team was going through the same process as I was. Now, even though I had to go through this entire process, I didn't expect to even get the promotion. So I was going through the motions on the behest of my senior manager. This is what she wanted for me. And I'm never going to turn down a higher position and more money. Well, let's get that straight. But as I passed this examination around the same time as this other guy that I was mentioning, we started to do some of the investigation ourselves of what do people in this role tend to make outside of our company. Now that we've got the new job title, it comes with new money, and we want to make sure that we're, we're on par for what's happening. What we discovered is though this was a significant amount more money than what we were already making, we were probably at the lowest band in the city for this job title. The company was paying us or offering to pay us what they thought was fair and kind of a very large jump from our previous role to another role, which wouldn't be the trajectory for any other promotion in the company. So me being paid for all of the effort and work I had to go through for the evaluation I felt was definitely being accounted for. However, this man wasn't happy with it. And he was already making less than me, so he really needed me to be on board for this conversation to kind of get in cahoots to argue for more money. Or that's how I took it. He honestly could have just been making sure that I had a hand in whatever he was reaching out for as well. I like to think that I'm surrounded by allies all the time, but 
rainbows aren't made of cotton candy and we don't live in a dream world. So it could have been solely selfish and he needed me. But either way, I was fine with what I was being offered. He, on the other hand, was not. The really annoying part about this whole scenario is that I never told him what I was being offered. In fact, I don't talk money with white men in general just because it's such a taboo topic in the first place. We need to start having these conversations more and more, but I didn't tell him what I was making. He is buddies with a senior manager who my senior manager reports to and apparently got this information from him. So that means my personal private money was being discussed with parties outside of my leadership team and then being discussed with people who aren't in leadership positions and should have no idea what I'm making. They would never tell me what he was making if he was making more than me. So the double standard is a little off-putting if you can say the least. So, I personally evaluated what I wanted to do, and I had a conversation with my senior manager. I went back to her and said, I appreciated the offer that they gave me. I was previously okay with it, but now that this conversation is in the office with other people about this salary, I want to make sure that I'm not being gypped and or cheated out of the money that I deserve. If they're going to pay me more or they could pay me more, let me know. Because at the end of the day, this is a promotion she wanted for me. If she intended to lowball me, that means I can't trust her. But why wouldn't I trust someone who wants to put me up for a promotion that I wasn't even expecting myself? So I felt I could trust her to have this conversation. And she was royally upset that this money conversation had reached anywhere outside of her office. She claimed she was not the one to share it, so that only leaves my director to do it. Another white man. And she let me know. The money conversation was not even decided by them. HR for this role, based on all of the evaluation stuff we had to go through, had dictated what this was going to be. And if I was looking to get more money for this position, I would have to leave the company and get this role and come back. That was the only way I was going to be able to make more money from this. I understood what she was saying. I didn't want to push it any further. I accepted the job and the money, but I felt the whole process was muddied with all of this money talk. It took a damper out of the success that I felt like I should have from not only getting a promotion, but passing this exam that I had no intentions of having to go through. Months and months of work now got wrapped up into fine, whatever, let's just push it through and be done with it. The excitement I had for the position and the promotion was completely taken away from me from the simple fact that money gets in the way of a lot of things. So from then, I didn't talk about the promotion with anyone else. I didn't talk about what I got or how I passed. I just let Outlook change my job title. And if people found out by looking at it and congratulated me, I thanked them. But I didn't get to have the big fanfare and the congratulations for the promotion because the other man was still in arguments about this. In fact, he argued about the money situation for almost five months after we got this role. 
So he never got the job title change. He didn't get the money at the same time I did. And to this day, he didn't get the increase. So at the end of the day, I was in the right. And I trusted my gut and I stuck to what I was doing. And I'm going to be in the role longer than he has. I'm making more money still. And it felt right. But I feel like I lost out on a moment to be strong and capable because I felt I needed to be tied in with someone else. Don't let anyone else's journey hinder yours. Yes, we talk about arguing for more money and making sure that we're heard and seen, but you also have to be comfortable with where you're at. If you can't trust the people that you work for and work with, then that relationship and that environment is always going to be rocky. I feel comfortable asking for what I deserve because I know my value. But I also don't feel the need to be pushed to ask or do more than what I think is desired from my perspective. It was a weird space. And to this day, I don't know what we would have gotten if we both went into it together. I also felt guilty about not going with it with him because at the end of the day, he didn't get the pay increase. And he is the lowest paid senior product manager in our company. And it's not my fault, but I feel a little guilty about it all being tied to me. But it never should have been tied to me. And my personal information should never have been shared with someone. If I had chosen to share it with him, that would be one thing. But I lost the ability to even have that conversation or decide for myself due to other people up in my business that didn't need to be there. Money's hard, not just within your friend group, but in the workplace too. And I wanted to make sure we had an episode that talked about it because I did talk about how taboo money is and how those conversations need to be happening. But there's a time and place for everything. And I could have it wrong on this. There could be a wholly different perspective on what I'm talking about. And if you've got it, send it my way. Um, You can find me on social media at underscore corporate court, or you can send me email at the corporate Courtney podcast at gmail.com. And that's all I've got for you this week. Tune in next week where we hit floor 10. I'm super excited about it. I cannot believe that we're already there. Um, Let me know how you feel about this episode or any experience you have with negotiating for money. As always, I would love to hear your perspective and your experiences. And until next week, toodles.